This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. You're watching The Dorkening. Stay tuned. Holy metal, Batman. You are listening to The Dork Knight, where each episode we discuss a different facet of the Batman. We're going to chat about things like the rogues gallery, some awesome gadgets, and a whole lot more. We're going to tackle everything from the comics to the movies to the video games, everything Batman. And today we're going to be talking about Batman number one, all the way from 1940. And today's episode is brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee, where you can get some awesome flavors like Death by Chocolate. And as I've said before, that is my absolute favorite, close to, uh, you know, Witch's Brew, which is a chocolate raspberry. Just, I'm addicted to coffee. And also today's episode is brought to you by the Dorkening Podcast Network. Head on over to thedorkening.com, where you can check out some awesome shows like the Horror Squad Podcast, That Strange Show, Cinema, Creator Spotlight, you know, almost 40 shows on the network. There's a lot of awesome people doing a lot of awesome stuff. But enough about all that. We're going to get into the Dork Night right now. and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. I was like, oh, really? I was like, yeah. For Wait, I, I, I think bucks. Brandon might actually be a Batman villain. The penguin, probably. <laughs> be, yeah. The, the penguin, just a, just fencing everything. Wah, wah, wah. This wah, is wah, also wah. how I cry. Anyway, you guys want to talk about some Batman? Yeah, let's do this. One of the longest fucking Batman comics I've ever fucking read in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, hello, this is Mr. Leo Pond, but you may know me as your Dork Knight Detective. <laughs> Hey there, good. Okay, let's try that again. That's all, folks. Hey there, good citizen. We are watching The Dork Knight or listening to it. If you're listening to the podcast today, we're going to be talking about Batman number one uh, from 1940. Specifically, it was published in. Uh, uh, it is published. Uh, specifically, it was published on April 24th of 1940. It was listed as the spring issue. And uh, that's why it was such a long issue, because they had issue two was the summer issue. Uh, and uh, with me, we have the most awesome Justin Cooper. How's it going, my friend? Going great, Leo. Yeah. That's all I got. Okay. <laughs> Brandon, powerful Brandon. How's it going, my friend? Oh, man, I'm doing so much better. I started reading Batman number one on Sunday, and I finished it five minutes before the show. <laughs> contiguously uh, yeah, yeah yeah like i didn't stop guys like that's how long it went <laughs> yeah it, it was uh the copy i have uh, uh so you can find this in like the golden age volume one um but you can also find it on dc infinite universe whatever the hell it's called damn it why didn't i think of that i oh my god i'm so stupid you probably have it huh i do yeah i have oh my god i do, you know what i picked it up on comiXology so 
I was gonna, but then I was like, I'm not gonna pay for this. And then I went to a, a different site. It was a dollar forty five for the. <laughs> I went issue. to a site where I didn't have to pay for it. I'll put it that way. And uh, it turns out I, there's already a site that I fucking pay for that would have been much better quality. I'm a genius. I yes. did have to zoom in on it because the the type is super small. It's very oh, tiny type on it. It is. Uh, so this year it had four stories, and uh, they are. Uh, I'm pulling them up. Where the hell did they go? Uh, so the Joker, the Giants of Hugo Strange, the Cat, uh, but the Cat wasn't listed as a story, uh, and the Joker Returns. <laughs> no, sir, that was definitely a story. <laughs> I read it. <laughs> uh, and actually, that issue was just revisited recently uh, with the uh, Tom King storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was reading it, and I'm like, wait a second, that Catwoman looks familiar. Oh. Ooh, that's where I saw it. They they did the whole thing because that's their big thing where she says they met on a boat and uh, yeah. he says they they met on a rooftop. So that's their whole back and forth in there. And that's that's kind of their dynamic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I recall that story. That's back it, when I was still reading Batman for a little bit. Yeah. Well, I'll be honest with you. I get Batman and I binge Batman. Like I have – I did like the War of the Jokers and then – um I have everything after that, and I have to go back and read it. I just I haven't gotten to it yet. No, same here. I I stopped uh, right before City of Bane, um, and uh, yeah, I'm far behind. Uh, but Batman has a new writer right now. Wait a minute, yes. Denny, Denny O'Neill isn't still writing Batman? Oh shit, I gotta catch up. Oh, you didn't hear? <laughs> <laughs> how's how's Neil Adams' artwork on it still? Oh, buddy. <laughs> Actually, um, he is drawing covers for the Joker right now, so he just did an homage cover for uh, the Joker. Fucking Christ, Justin, just yeah. go along with the joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd, I'd love to, but like he's still doing it. <laughs> I'd love to start telling jokes. Oh, oh, oh I guess he's the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> no, ask my wife. I am not. <laughs> That must be contagious because my whole family said the same thing to me today. <laughs> uh, I'm the funniest guy I know. You don't know very many people, do you? Fuck you. And no. <laughs> uh, so the story was, uh, you know, shocker written by Bill Finger. Art was by Bob Kane and editor at the time was Whitney Ellsworth. And uh, so, like I said, this came out in April 24 of uh, 1940. And then the summer one came out, um, actually, I uh, July, I believe, hmm. uh, issue two. Uh, but this here is a long uh, way away from the first appearance, which we covered before, Detective Number 27, which came out in May 1938. And, uh, 39. As, 39? Yeah, uh, Superman was in 38. And uh, Wizard of Oz was in 38, so that's that's how I gauge time. Well, fine. Uh, just I give up now. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like everything in Justin's history is is pre Wizard of Oz and post Wizard of Oz. Yeah, exactly. You know, like like you said something about the Civil War. I assume that happened some point before. But <laughs> I know. am fairly I'm not really certain. sure. You know. I'm not a hundred percent, but fairly certain that was before the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Uh, so uh, we have our iconic cover, Batman with Robin, all new adventures of the Batman. And that's how Robin. you do a cover right there, too, Leo. Yeah, you do. Those, I mean, the colors right there alone are going to grab you. You've got two dynamic uh, people, like figures in a pose, you know, going. And um, I mean, it's just that grabs you like right off the bat. 
Ha! Right off the bat. See what yeah. I did here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Plays on words. So, I mean, are they swinging from the Batman logo? Because I don't see those lines attached to anything else. Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah. Good thing that fucking logo showed up. <laughs> uh, and you'll notice Batman is missing the hyphen. Batman? No, Batman. Ah, that makes more sense. Does it? <laughs> uh, I wanted to be called Deflator Mouse, but it didn't fit on the business card. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Batman well. <laughs> <laughs> Batman well. But did you notice that on the cover as well, it doesn't say the Batman. It just says Batman. Oh, yeah? Well, it does say the brand new adventures of the Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder. Yeah, that's that's what caught my eye because there's no little D, you know, up on the top. Well, it's, you know, it's... It's German it may for not, the Batman D. It, it may <laughs> not be at the top of the page, but it's, it's at the top of our hearts. Okay. <laughs> I love it. The Batman. Um, the the legend of the Batman, who he is and how he came to be. Sorry, I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> Please go for it. Uh, you, we were talking previously how uh, you were reading the whole thing in that old, uh, old. I, I just can't help but like read through these in like old timey radio drama voices. Like that's especially the narration. One night, some 15 years ago, Thomas Wayne, his wife, and his son were walking home from a movie. <laughs> you know, and then, Gee whiz, uh, Ned Zorro sure is great. Yeah, he is. Hey, give me a pearl necklace. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you've killed him. No, not my necklace. <laughs> I don't understand why there's a separation in the word necklace. It doesn't make sense to me. Maybe they're, maybe they're ZZ Top fans. <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. But yeah, how is, like, how is uh, little Bruce Wayne crying not been a meme yet? I mean, because Bruce Wayne's parents dying is a fucking meme at this point. Like, oh, all right. That's true. So, you I, know, I guess, you know, sometimes you just don't need to meme a trope. Like, it just does it to itself. Like, we get it. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Cool artwork, though, um, on that, that spot up top where it says the legend of the Batman. And you look at that. That almost looks like a David Mazzuccelli. You know, um, from like Batman Year One, like it looks like it could fit into that book. So that that's a pretty cool shot. And then uh, in the final uh, panel on the next page, there that sort of uh, Batman with, um, if you look at the bottom, uh, like was it the right hand corner? So for all of our people listening and not watching, it's kind of Batman and he's just like sitting there in kind of like a he just jumped and you know he's he's crouching and he's got like the cape comes up and it looks like bat wings it's pretty slick looking yeah it's, now, and then that's when it gets like super dramatic because it's the first time he's in the suit and the origin telling too so mm -hmm. like, and thus is born this weird figure of the dark this avenger of evil the batman i thought cool. that was a, uh taken from detective 27 like that it was yeah. in this it was in 28 i think 28 okay because it wasn't in that first one but um yeah, it's definitely a recycled page. Yeah. Or maybe traced, who knows. So uh with this, I mean we we obviously the death of the Waynes which has been retold uh I don't know once or twice, right? It's only been a couple times. Uh, <laughs> only. <laughs> well, but, gear up, kids. <laughs> apparently you don't read the first page of the comic <laughs> every time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, I, they, they don't say what movie, you know, uh, it's been moved on to Zorro and, and you know, I'm so many other movies, but, you know, it's that not Tyrone power sure is peachy keen. <laughs> 
Uh, so, uh, and the necklace has always been a, uh, a key trope. Excuse me, necklace. Necklace. <laughs> it's right there. Uh, what is this? A stick-up, buddy. I'll take that necklace you're wearing, lady. <laughs> I'm just going to think that from now on. Not my necklace. <laughs> Not my necklace. <laughs> this is the second pearl necklace Thomas gave me. Where's the first? <laughs> That's a story for a different time. Uh, oh. That's how you were born. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and- That's very fire sign theater of you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Thomas, you've killed him. Help, help, police, help. This will shut you up. <laughs> could could have just fucking punched her in the face, but no, no. Let's shoot her. <laughs> well, he's really Joe has no chill. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Joe no chill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like it. Well, he, he wasn't uh, named in... in no, stuff. definitely not. Nope. I, I, I don't think we found out about him until the story, uh, the, the untold history of the Batman, yeah. which... Um, I, I was just looking at on uh, Comicsology. I have like a book of that. It's all John Byrne, and that's mm. that's when you first find out who Joel Chill was. That was in either the seventies or or the early eighties. I feel like I, I want to say it was the early eighties. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, especially if it's Byrne, mm-hmm. that sounds about right. And it's it's beautiful artwork. Like you're, you're looking at this, you're like, holy crap! He really does this justice. It's Byrne. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's Byrne. I mean. I mean, I mean, there is a little bit of ubiquity sometimes between some of his characters, but it's still burn. He's still good shit. Granted, you can't tell the difference sometimes between Hal Jordan and Reed Richards, but still. Well, they changed that post parallax, so you know it's like <laughs> yeah. they got uh, they, he got that just for men hair dye. You know, hey man, don't make fun of just for men hair dye, all right? <laughs> if it weren't for just for men hair dye, um, I would be full on Santa Claus right now. Oh wow. I, yeah. I agree. My wife got me some. I, I, I'm. It's worn off. I need to put it back. But yeah. I, yeah. I, if I, if I, if I didn't take care of this shit, nah. You, every place I go, it doesn't matter what time of year, little kids would be walking up to me like, "Can, can I tell you what I want for Christmas?" Kid, you can tell me, but I can't guarantee you're gonna get shit. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brought to you by hair color <laughs> <laughs> and blue shoe. And Bluetooth, yeah. <laughs> I got in trouble for that one before. <laughs> I will continue that line. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh, you know, we, we see, obviously, the birth of Batman, you know, because it is the first issue. Uh, he, he's shocked because his parents are dead. And I swear by the spirits of my parents to avenge their deaths by spending the rest of my life warring on all criminals. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but it's I quite I, an oath for a fucking nine year old to take, but okay. <laughs> We've seen he's just, he's a serious kid, you know. Any anytime you've seen him, whether he's in Gotham, you know, the series, or um, you know, maybe Batman Begins, just a lot of these times he is such a serious kid. Yeah, so, he was a, he's a wasp. <laughs> well, I mean, that goes without saying for sure, but I mean, it's like he well, had they're other, not exact, they're not exactly known for their you know, lighthearted exploits. <laughs> It, um, and I wonder if that's too, if there's some sort of function of uh, him being driven, you know, since his dad was was a physician and all that. Like if he had planned to become a physician before all this, you know, because he's definitely got like that sort of like acumen about him, too. So, you know, 
I, I think they've explored a little bit of that too. Maybe actually in the Long Halloween. And yeah. Yeah, he was uh, looking in the medical book, I think. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, maybe, but clearly he put those lofty ambitions aside at the ripe age of, you know, nine. When he uh, swore to avenge his parents' untimely murder in Crime Alley by a guy who eventually will be named Joe Chill. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he took some time off because the next panel is as years pass, Bruce Wayne prepares himself for his career. He becomes a master scientist trains his body to physical perfection until he is able to perform amazing athletic feats. Now, Brandon last time talked about um, on, on our other show about Superman for super identity and, and um, secret identity and what he really likes about the character. This comes along to what I really enjoy about Batman. The idea that he is someone who started learning science because he wanted to be the best and he wanted to be a detective. He started, you know, learning martial arts and training himself and his body to be like this sort of paragon of, of human achievement. And I really dig that sort of aspect of this character. There's a lot of things that are inconsistent when, when you talk about Batman until you get to like a certain era where it's like, we'll talk about Batman killing and all that as, as we go a little further and all that. But when you boil him down, you know, to, to what he is, he's someone that wants to use everything that he has available to him, every resource to keep people from being hurt. And, and I feel like this and then the next story, like these two stories really kind of captured that aspect. Yeah, totally agree. And, and, you know, that's why I uh, I enjoy Batman as well, is, is he's not a superhero. He's just, you know, somebody driven by his own desires to do uh, to do good, you know, and to you know, become the absolute perfection without, you know, being born on a different planet. I mean, I, I absolutely love Superman, but, you know, it is, they definitely have their uh, their their different takes. You know? I uh, I actually I really enjoy Batman as a character, like the concept altogether. What has been difficult for me over the years is Batman is is a character who works best the way that we see him set up, you know, in this and even in, you know, Detective 27. Uh, and that is, uh, you know, someone who goes out to fight the the criminal element out on the street level and uses the shadows in his own training and, and guile to get that job done to try to rid the streets of his city of crime and i think that is what the basis of every rendition of batman should be for the most part um I, I, it's hard to look at a character who was created to be that that level you know and and, and i don't i'm not saying that in a denigration i mean like he is like top tier, like I said previously in one of the other shows, like he's the pinnacle of human perseverance and the things that he's capable of doing. It's all because he is focused on making his home, this area safe for everyone. And the thing that we've seen more and more over the past, like 20, 25 30 years, but especially in this, this century, like the more recent stuff, is more of an importance placed on Batman throughout like the multiverse and like going cosmic with it and shit. And I feel like that really obfuscates the point of the character. You know, he's Batman is someone who can be involved in grand scale stories, but like a, a story of that, that nature stories of that nature 
I don't know that he should be the linchpin upon which things like that set. You know, where I think the the real interesting elements of, of drama and character for Batman stem from the trauma and loss that he suffered and experienced, and then turned that into his drive to be this protector. Uh, you know, I've I've always found that fascinating, and I I love when stories really stick to that and we see the the dark knight detective and we we see we see the that that guy who goes out and and gets rough and tumble and it doesn't always have to be you know a guy with a giant grin and a purple suit so when i see when i see this like it's bare bones like the base elements of batman like i see this and it honestly when i was reading i was like oh man like even as i was going through as as old as this comic is i was like i can see why people would really dig on batman like from the get-go like going into this and when you look at some of the stuff like what i kind of mentioned story-wise it's so unrecognizable from what the character is is just based on what we're talking about now it, you know so I joker seems like, pretty uh pretty like on key yeah. <laughs> He usually is. <laughs> Joker, Batman, and Robin. How do you get those Batman and Robin cats? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They didn't have that sort of ability back then. It's like, it's oh, crazy. they're all hand-drawn. Yeah. Oh, he's so talented, that jokester. It's Joker. Love, oh, sorry. <laughs> love that Joker. <laughs> <laughs> this so, is a cool story, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it, it's uh, the Joker's, uh, you know, it, just basically a uh, a thief in this first story. Um, and, and mass murderer. And... <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> Did, yeah, I, when we yes, get to it, he was a thief by stealing people's lives. Did, did he kill all those cops in that room, or did they just no, get knocked no, out? No, they oh, were okay. knocked out, right. and then he used the dart. Yep. He explained to the unconscious man what he was doing to him. And that's Steve Buscemi right there, right? Like, that's clearly Steve Buscemi from Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, it is. Right there. Like, Joker that looks there. And, and again, that's art that could be in something now. Like, you could take that out and put it in a comic now and be like, oh, yeah, this is like like just uh, another artist doing an homage of what Joker used to look like. But that's that's a beautiful piece right there. We're, we're going to have to do a meme of uh, Steve Buscemi and... Uh... <laughs> yeah, because you know he he looks so much like him in Boardwalk Empire. They even dress similar. Uh, we'll we'll start a uh, um, a poll. I don't tip. What? I don't tip. <laughs> go, do me do me a favor. Go 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 back for a second. I just want with the uh, couple of the. <laughs> I love this. Joker does it because everybody listens to the radio back then. Yep. <laughs> you know so. It's all done. It's all done over the airwaves, and uh, he interrupts whatever the uh, the broadcast is currently. And uh, it's you know it says suddenly. What, what is it? Uh, let me get let me get here. Da, 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 da. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely small type, yeah. so it's hard to Sud- hear. Suddenly, the music is cut off. A voice, a toneless voice, drones tonight at precisely twelve o'clock midnight. I will kill Henry Claridge and steal the Claridge diamond. Do not try to stop me. The Joker has spoken. All right. And that's that's all well and good. But I love the old woman next saying, Henry, did you hear? Henry Claridge, the millionaire, to be killed. The famous diamond stolen. And the guy's reaction is, ha, that's just a gag. Like that fellow who scared everybody with that story about Mars the last time. <laughs> I love that they reference. H.G. Wells, yeah. 
<laughs> Orson Welles doing oh, Orson H- Welles, yeah. Welles, Orson Welles doing H.G. Wells War of the Worlds as the radio broadcast that freaked out the fucking country. Like anybody that's <laughs> listening, if you're not aware of it, go look it up. Orson Welles played a, a radio drama, War of the Worlds, but did it as if it were an actual news broadcast. And people lost their shit because they thought we were actually being invaded by aliens from Mars. It's fucking hilarious to look back on it now. But you have to imagine how fucking terrified everybody was back then. Is it that much of a stretch now, though? Well, I'm saying comparative to like, <laughs> now, looking back then, yeah. You're like, oh, fucking idiots. It was clearly a radio program. But Wait, you know, you're I- saying that, that media was used to um, direct uh, misinformation? <laughs> no. <laughs> It's what, well, I mean, what, what made it so effective too is like that was the only form of mass communication was, at that yeah. point in time. So, like, people couldn't tell the difference. You couldn't really blame them. <laughs> An official sounding guy comes on and starts giving this fucking report. What are you supposed to think? What it's you like, think is get the fucking rifle and go hide in the barn. <laughs> lock your windows and lock your doors. Run to your children. The Martians are attacking. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's my best Orson Welles. So it's it's pre when he couldn't breathe. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I could have sworn that was Pinky. Or, well, uh, yeah, Pinky this, I mean, that's what Maurice, Maurice I know. I, know. <laughs> I, I, actually, I actually learned how to do that from him. So, yeah. Yes. The same yes. thing do every... <laughs> yes, Pinky. <laughs> you pondering what I'm pondering, Pinky? I think I, so, Brian, but if you change the P in my name to an O, it would be Oinky. <laughs> <laughs> I see we're dealing with the shallow end of the gene pool. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> oh, love it. Uh, <laughs> weren't expecting that tonight, were you, Leo? <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Oh, that made my night. Uh, okay, so we'll break out Photoshop. We'll put Steve Buscemi next to this. And, uh... <laughs> and, and you would think it would be Willem Dafoe and all that, but he doesn't have – he has more of a tapered face. He doesn't have, like, the, the square sort of jaw with, like, the teeth jutting out of it. He just—he looks like a very frail, skinny guy. Oh yeah, yeah. the bug eyes help. Oh yeah, he is creepy. Cool. <laughs> uh, so uh, with this story, uh, I mean, we don't get the—we don't get the Batmobile. Uh, we don't really get too much extra from this episode. Yeah, there are there are zero bat gadgets in here, and um, Batman gets his app his ass handed to him by the Joker. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh... That's uh, that's pretty much that. <laughs> Good job, bats. Yeah, and I mean, we do get the first appearance of Robin and Dick Grayson, so so there's that aspect of it, and you know the uh, the lovable Robin Hood of the of the two, as they uh, described him, and brightly colored. I don't know how old do we think he is? Twelve? I'd say twelve, twelve or thirteen. Yeah, I mean he's he's definitely cut like a gymnast too. So it's you're kind of like, oh, all right, this kid. Yeah, I totally think that he would be out there busting bad guys. Yeah, I guess. I mean, he certainly does a number on a few few fellows a little later on. It's pretty cool. They they do go with a couple back gadgets. We see the infrared um, flashlight that picks up on Robin's uh, boots, and I guess he has like some radium in his boots or something. <laughs> I treated the bottom of his shoes because he was stealing too many cookies from the jar. <laughs> yeah. Diabolical chum. <laughs> Diabolical. <laughs> It does seem like he would have some sort of convoluted reason for that. But. Oh, of course, yeah. I'm trying to find out who's peeing around the toilet seat. This is very <laughs> to catch a predator too, because he follows he follows like a young boy to like the shack in the woods where the Joker is there. Hmm. I didn't really 
I don't really think about it in those terms. Who is this? <laughs> wow. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, but it's it's got a good uh, it's got a good story ending where they end up putting the Joker behind bars, and it's it's uh, you know kind of like a good flip around because Batman catches him and he doesn't just take him out physically, so he's not physically overpowering someone that, that like had beaten him before. He kind of gets him with guile and and hangs him out to dry and leaves him for the uh, the police to put away. So he does get he does get a hell of a punch, a haymaker punch in there to knock him out. But we, we see someone in the Joker who is possibly Batman's better when it comes to like physicality. We're not really sure yet. So that's an interesting story. It was. Um, I'm just going to bring up the information for it real quick. Uh, so supporting characters, the Wayne family, uh, Martha Wayne, Thomas Wayne dies in flashback. Uh, Joe Chill, it does list him as Joe Chill, but I know he wasn't named uh, flashback only. And then uh, locations, Crime Alley and Wayne Manor. Stately uh, Wayne Manor. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and uh, synopsis for the, uh, well, that's a little bit too long. I won't bring it in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Basically, his parents get killed and some stuff happens. The Joker shows up. Robin's already there. And they're like, you know, okay, let's do this. They did it. They're done. Right? Didn't even read the comic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we didn't even need to read it. <laughs> because it's about the journey. <laughs> oh, perhaps the real ending of Batman number one was inside us all along. It was. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a sloppy aphorism, but whatever, I'll stick with it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> uh so uh the next story, uh we get the uh is this the first appearance of uh Hugo Strange? I believe it is. Yes, yeah. it is. That um, weird shaped head of his looks a little like Silvana from um, from your Fawcett comments yep. comics with um, with the uh, Shazam and Captain Marvel. Surprised he didn't call Batman the Big Gray Cheese. Ooh, actually, uh, Hugo Strange first appearance was Detective Comics number thirty six. Oh, no kidding. Okay, cool. Yeah. Correction: oh. This is not Hugo Strange's first appearance. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but this is the uh, first appearance of the Monster Men. Um, so this is an awesome story, and you should definitely read this story. There is a better version of the story. So if um, no, <laughs> you're really making a strong case for reading absolutely. this one. <laughs> so so read the story. It's it goes in a great direction and all that. It's a lot of fun. But I I really want to suggest checking out Matt Wagner. He did a version of this called Batman and the Monster Men, which is phenomenal, and yeah. it's. It's something with his art style. So if anybody was into Grendel or anybody was into um, uh, Kevin Matchstick as Mage, which I absolutely love, um, mm -hmm. you can check out Matt Wagner, who did this book. Um, and it's a six-issue miniseries. It's really great. And it's all based on this story. Really? It is, yeah. He did He did another one based on the um, one of the detective comics that we read, uh, based on the Mad Monk. So, and he has one of those too. So, um, he had he had really gotten into the kind of this golden age Batman stuff, and with his style of art, it just works so well. Nice. I can I can <clears throat> excuse me. I can dig on that. I like Matt Wagner, so I check that out. I think one of the things I'm most impressed with within this story is not what Hugo Strange did to turn those fellows into monsters, but the fact that he had so much bulletproof material just lying around <laughs> that he can make all of their clothes out of it. Didn't you see Blank Man? <laughs> he just poured this stuff on. 
I'm just saying, like, he made he made it a point to mention it too. Yeah. Uh, also, that's what's one other thing that I, I I caught Batman doing in his exchanges with like the Joker and shit like that, where he was like, "Ha I'm wearing a bulletproof vest." I'm like, "Why would you fucking tell him that?" <laughs> yeah, and and I was wondering if he had said that out loud or not because it did seem kind of out of place. I'm like, "Yeah, you know, it's uh, interesting." But like, it's just, I, I remember I, I was reading it and I actually found myself kind of thinking about when I was like six and reading comics in, 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 yes. in a good way, in a good way, uh, because I was like, you know what, there was, I remember the times when I was a kid and I haven't thought about this in honestly quite some time that if I was given an explanation of something, you know, like, oh, they have bulletproof clothes. Okay. That was it. I didn't need anything more than that. And that's what these writers were doing. Like, we're not going to explain this, like, in an overly complicated way. This guy made monsters, and he gave them bulletproof clothes. That's enough. And yeah, they're giving us the rules to live by, so we can accept that as 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 written and say, okay, you know, I'm not going to, you know, debate if bulletproof clothing exists. Sure. You know, monsters? Yeah, I'm not questioning the science behind that. He's clearly a doctor, Dr. Hugo Strange, you know. <laughs> He went to evil medical school. He's a professor <laughs> of linguistics, damn it. <laughs> it's honorary. <laughs> Why is professor in quotation marks? <laughs> Wait, we, yeah. I love it how the uh, the final fight is a uh, similar to King Kong. Is this it, yeah. after King Kong? It would be after, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they keep on throwing an ad in the uh, throughout the issue, the Batman appearing every month in Detective Comics. So definitely doing the uh, trying to do the uh, the crossover, get customers over there. Uh, so uh, this synopsis is short, so I'll read it real quick. Uh, so synopsis for the Giants of Hugo Strange. Professor Hugo Strange returns with a growth formula that changes asylum inmates into 10 foot tall man monsters that wreak havoc on Gotham City. Batman is captured and injected with the serum, but manages to escape and create an antidote. Batman then punches Strange out the window into a murky waters below. Batman then pilots the bat plane and kills many of Strange's henchmen and some of the monsters. With the machine gun fire, he also manages to hang one of the monsters with his bat rope. He finally kills the last monster by throwing tear gas pellets while it's atop a skyscraper, causing it to fall to its death. That was pretty inventive. Yeah, it, it was funny that uh, he assumed he would do that based on what happened when he was shooting him, and he was like angry at the plane. So he figured if he did that, that that would make him just kind of uh, shake his fist, shake harder, boy, and then fall. <laughs> this is really decent writing, though. Like like you said, it's rudimentary in in the fact that we have to take it as written. But like some of the things and the motivations and all that are like this is a really good sort of trim plot. And if that's the Bill Finger aspect of this, he really did a good job. I would say so. Yeah, it's it's succinct. It's to the point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just, I, 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 I dug on that. I, I liked the the Hugo Strange story. It was it was actually kind of nice because uh, how, how do I put it? Like, I don't need to see Batman go up against the Joker all the time. I agree. Know? And especially this early on when the very first you know story I started reading in Batman number one is a Joker story. I was like, oh, all right, we're, we're jumping right in, apparently. Once uh, a year or once every two years, if if that's a thing, you know, otherwise it's just too much. Yeah. And uh, to, to see them kind of like break it up with this, I, I, I was into it. I, I really enjoyed that. And it's another circumstance where Batman can't punch his way out of a problem. 
Yeah, it, it was. It, it's too bad that it, they had such a, a finite space with which to tell the story, um, because the aspect of uh, Batman being injected and then having basically a clock run down to the point where he needs to make himself the antidote or what have you um, before it fully activates and makes him into a monster, just like these other people. Um, like, man, imagine, imagine like a, a prestige format, you know, like that, that the tension of such a story that could be really ramped up altogether. I mean, like, I know you said, Mike, uh, Matt Wagner did, did a, a, a newer rendition of the story and I'm definitely going to check it out, but it, it's just, it's just kind of shows you like a lot of the drama and some of those like, um, thriller esque moments. Mm-hmm. That you can think of from more modern comics, let alone Batman comics, the seeds were planted way back then, just with how the the character was bare bones. You know, you 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 have so much so much opportunity to to do different things that you couldn't do with with some of these other super powered characters. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna get that with the Flash. You, you know, you, you're not you're not gonna get that with Superman or, or Wonder Woman. You know. It, it, it was it was just really cool to see, and I, I I just found myself wishing that that I'd had like four more pages of that in the story. I I, I like that story a lot better than probably the third one, and I, and I didn't even get to the fourth one, which I've read in the past, but I didn't get to reread it for this. Yeah, so the uh, the third one is uh, the cat. I don't see it listed as uh, as the cat. We'll, we'll pull up the, so we're reading this, like I said, in uh, Golden Age Volume 1, and I have a uh, very poor copy of the original, and uh, we'll pull that up afterwards. Uh, but synopsis for the cat, uh, we'll go over this real quick. An elderly socialite, Miss Travers, is going on a yacht trip to several select friends and a $500,000 emerald necklace. Suspecting that some crook or other will try to steal it, Dick Grayson gets a job as a steward, at, and uh, as Batman has other business elsewhere, soon Dick has some suspects. Denny, Mrs. Travers' favorite nephew, who has borrowed lots of money from his aunt in the past and brought an elderly guest, Miss Peggs, with him. Wallace, Miss Travers' doctor, who frequently borrows money to pay off gambling debts, and Miss Travers, both Roger, who wants money to cover the stock market losses. That was a big thing around them, too. Uh, Denny throws a piece of paper over the side of a yacht, uh, but the wind blows it back to Dick. The letter is from the cat asking Denny to keep Miss Travers away from her room. Suspecting the theft is about to take place, Dick hurries to the cabin, but Miss Travers has already discovered the the theft. A boat claiming to be the Coast Guard approaches, but is actually full of mobsters after the necklace. Oh, no. Uh, The mobsters uh, content themselves with stealing everything else, but then they go to shoot someone for protecting his wife. Uh, where, where, where have we seen this before? Uh, Dick barrels into them and gets knocked into the sea. He takes a chance to turn into Robin. <clears throat> dun, dun, dun. With his mighty little orphan Annie decoder ring. <laughs> <laughs> uh so did you, I? I can't help but notice that you didn't uh, mention the line that Batman says to Cap to uh, the cat, "Quiet or Papa spank." 
Yeah. Did you read that? <laughs> I was going to get to that. Yeah. Wait, what? Hold oh, on. you didn't see that one? Yeah. It's, yeah How the fuck it's, did I miss that? I think he hits her in the face with a pie or something right here. Right. Uh, and then he says quiet or Papa Spank. No, he, he's cleaning off her makeup because before she was uh, dressed as the old woman. Oh, yeah. There you are. Woman makeup on. Uh, yeah. Let go of me. Quiet or Papa Spank. So maybe oh maybe we God. don't um maybe we don't you know give uh, Bob Kane enough for his uh his contributes to wow. these and he probably wrote that <laughs> Wyatt or Papa Spank <laughs> What uh, a fucking weird Isn't sentence. that a line? I mean that's just like all right in in it's a decent story. It's a decent mystery sort of aspect of it. It's definitely a Robin story. It's Robin forward and it's like oh let's get him out there get him you know liked and it, it's got good bones to it. And as we saw with Tom King, it gets better and and there's better versions of this out there. This isn't really memorable beyond of what it is and for what it was. And you, you can see Catwoman's legs there and all that. There's some pretty, you know, heavy, heavy coding that, you know, these two are attracted to each other and all that. And, and eventually this all comes back in the Tom King run. For the record, I love the Tom King run. I know that's that's a hot take because some people don't, but I feel like there's a couple gems in there that are just like absolute perennial Batman stories. And I think he absolutely nails the two characters and their relation, making Bruce Wayne slash Batman a human being, you know, as opposed to when you read the Ed Brubaker version in like 2001 and you're like, I hate this character. Who is this character? He's horrible. You know, he's like, oh, you're going to be my girlfriend. OK, we'll like sleep around and then, you know, I'm going to send you to jail for murdering uh, Bruce Wayne. Who does that? You know, Bruce, it's Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Written by <laughs> Brew by freaking Brubaker. That's not even close to the same character. You know, so um, I, I like this story. It's not the best that I've seen. Like we've seen better. That's just what I'm saying. Um, I just I just really want to see a ska band named Papa Spank now. Like, <laughs> quiet. You need the whole thing, quiet or Papa Spank. <laughs> Did they open yeah, you know for what? Skanking Pickle? <laughs> <laughs> Look at this guy, he sounds like he's a couple of pickles short of a, a pickle party. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, they got me. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, like, it sounds like a ska band, right? I wouldn't. It, it does, yeah. yeah. And I, I've seen a couple, so definitely some fucking like horns in that band that play loudly and in unison. Yeah, they've, sure. got a, they've got a brass section, absolutely. <laughs> they play Zydeco, actually. You know, Papa Spank is a character. They fucking open for real big fish. Yeah, they did. <laughs> Less than Jake. <laughs> uh, save Ferris. Oh, save Ferris. Yep. Yeah. Mephiscopheles, anyone? No. Oh, okay. my God. I uh, squirrel, like squirrel, Bumblebee squirrel nut zippers? What? <laughs> that's, yeah. Yeah. That's a, were they ska? They, they were ska esque. Like, it's it's skirting the line. Yeah. yeah. It, well, it's. The specials, anyone? No, no. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I I saw them live and didn't much care for them. They yelled at me for crowd surfing. And I'm I, like, I, it's a free show, sir. <laughs> uh, I I did see uh, uh, Save Ferris live, uh, and I wanted to go back because the next week they were having. Um, I think it was Aquabats. Oh, the Aquabats. Oh, that would be cool. Uh, but I missed it. But uh, so it was at the. It's in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Three stories high. The Wilbur? No. <laughs> you didn't go to Toad's Place? Oh, I, back in my day, I, I went to Toad's Place way too often. Uh, Save Ferris didn't I saw play. Guar there. 
Guar. That was My something. God. I saw Blue Oyster Cult there too, actually. So, but that's here nor there, people. Wow. Sorry. Oh, I, I, it's gonna kill me that I can't remember the uh, the name of that um that club. The, the there was a band playing on each floor. Was it Lupos? No. Oh. I got thrown out of there once. It, it, it's a it's a famous one in Cambridge. Um, Lansdowne? No. 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 Mm-hmm. That's not Cambridge either. No. The the for Save Ferris, the we were in the basement, and uh, the entire basement became a huge mosh pit. Oh wow! For Save Ferris too. That's that's crazy that that became a mosh pit. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Well, you know, it, it, not like uh, slam and mosh pit. Everybody's yeah. It was, no, it, I I know the difference. Yeah. But- <laughs> <laughs> 90s mosh pit as opposed to you know there's a difference between the andrew wk mosh pit and the pantera mosh pit so yes, like, like and and um at one point the drowning pool mosh pit where you wouldn't think that would be as intense but that's like batman fighting the monster men and i'm surprised i made it out okay <laughs> Uh, well, to get us back into uh, Batman, you were right. You know, he, he does, uh, you know, he, the last thing he says, lovely girl, what I say must uh, mustn't forget that I've got a girl named Julie at home. Oh, well, she still is lovely eyes. Uh, maybe I'll bump into her again sometime. Oh, snap. That Lothario. No, Julie, he said, right? Yep. Yeah, I uh, mustn't forget, I've got a girl named Julie. That's incredible. Okay, sorry. The reason I say that is because uh, one of my one of my favorite comic books of all time, um, comic book stories, is by John Byrne. It's an Elseworld. It's called Superman and Batman Generations. And uh, the premise is Superman shows up in 1938, Batman shows up in 1939, and they just age naturally from that point. They have families and legacies and all that. It's, it's a lot of fun. It was a four-part series. Had a couple sequels. Um but he changes his art style for each era that he's drawing yes. the characters yeah. in, which, which is great. It ma- it matches like, you know, uh, Bill Bill Finger for for Batman uh, early on, Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster for Superman, and then you just see what it's like for the Silver Age and then the Modern Age, and it's re- it's really cool. Uh, but in the story, Batman is married, uh, and he does eventually. He has a kid who Bruce Wayne Jr. Uh, his wife. She's never explicitly named. We just know that her name is Julie. And as you know, someone who's like not incredibly mired in the history of Batman comics, uh, I was just like, okay, well, you know, that's that. It is what it is. At the very least, I, I thought maybe, maybe it's a little bit of an homage to Julie Newmar as as Catwoman. Uh, but, you know, back in the '60s, you know, Julie he ends up marrying. Okay, th- I, I'll I'll buy that. Um, but he, seeing you know this now. It makes me think John Byrne was still actually adhering to things that had been set in the comics well, you know, well before, like decades earlier, when the character was first still like debuting, like when it was still becoming popular. So that that to me, it's just like a little piece of history that was that was inserted into a story that I've read countless times and I, I never thought anything of it. And it's clear to me that John Byrne really researched the fuck out of it. Yeah. Yeah, Well, he probably had a good editor too at the time. So, which I I honestly wouldn't have been surprised if it was Denny O'Neill at the time when he was doing that. So, you know, he's, he's definitely a guy that does his homework, Byrne. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, According to uh, the Wikipedia, uh, it lists that for locations, earth too. Oh, 
and Earth. Uh, Earth 2, Gotham City. The items are the utility belt and the bat plane. Uh, yeah, there's there's not a lot. I don't think he used the gas pellets oh, in this one. So I'm I'm sorry. That is uh, I'm reading for Giants of Hugo Strange. Sorry. Uh, the cat is uh, Gotham City in the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, vehicles are luxury cruise ship and the speedboat. And uh, items is bat rope concepts. The fourth wall. Did they break the fourth wall? Maybe at the end. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Mm. Oh yeah, uh, Batman speaks to the kids. Well, kids, there's your proof. Crooks are yellow without their guns. Don't go around admiring them. Rather, do your best in fighting them and all their kind. He, so he, he he's speaking directly to the audience. Broke the fourth wall. Take that, Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> and Loki. <laughs> Man, suck on that. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. He might. <laughs> that man does smoke a pipe, and so. <laughs> well, the tobacco keeps my lungs strong. Doctor recommended, you know. <laughs> twenty-one great tobaccos make twenty smooth smokes. I don't go anywhere without my Chestertons. <laughs> but of course, back in those days, chocolate wasn't eaten. It was rolled in tobacco leaves and smoked. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> chocolate. Ah, I remember chocolate back in my day. Oh, was it tasty? I wouldn't know. It was suppositories. Why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why, though? Oh, jeez. Who had time oh. to eat? We were too busy working. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> You do me, I do you. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the real monster man? <laughs> uh, so they end the story with uh, saying, so many of our readers have written us such nice letters that we've decided to show our appreciation. Therefore, on the back cover of this magazine, you'll find a full page autograph picture suitable for framing of both Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder. Wow. Yeah, his is uh, our way. Is, oh, this is our way. He did the T weird uh, of saying thanks, Bob Kane. You know why they did that, right? They needed to fill an extra page or something like that. <laughs> I got shit, boys. We're a page short. Hey, just I, I guarantee it. That's like the oldest trick in the book. I don't know. This is the oldest do, book. So, yeah. Bob, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're, we're a page short. What are we going to do, Bob? Hey, you go, Bill. You're going to draw yourself a picture of Batman and Robin. We'll, we'll, the part of Bob. Oh, look at that. Okay. Oh, it's so... Wow, you know what's crazy? I actually did look at that earlier, and I thought I, I saw it on the one I read as well. Um, that Robin right there actually looks like the kid who's playing Jason Todd in Titans. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Like, the I don't know, there's just something about him. Like, that Robin right there, I want to punch in his face. Yeah, everybody hates Jason Todd. I mean, good, good. They fucking should. I mean, they got the perfect kid to play him, by the way, too, because I can't stand his face. Yeah, and, and the thing is, like, he could be the nicest it. kid ever, and it's just he probably like, you... is. And you know what? You know what the thing is in real life? If you spoke to him, you probably wouldn't feel that way. But it's because of how his character acts. Yeah. On top of it, yeah, it just makes him instantly fucking punchable. But uh, yeah, man, I I I keep saying I keep saying to Darren, I'm like, you know. I'm so glad that they they got this kid to play Jason Todd, and they I have not liked him at all. And and I understand they they've done that on purpose. Like I don't fucking like that kid. And god damn it, like 
it's so much fun hating him when I see him on the screen. I yeah, he's like like John Walker in uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You look and you're like, wow, this guy did amazing at being hated. You know, <laughs> he did such yeah. a good job. So when, when you see that Robin, you're like, yeah, we've got three seasons now of this little jackass. So <laughs> I, know, it's, it's I also can't stand their Bruce Wayne in – He's an amazing, and I, I love. I think it's is it Ian Ian Glenn or, or um, yeah Ian Glenn. He's he's an amazing actor, and I'm like, wow, he is doing so great at just making me not like this Bruce Wayne. Like, what an asshole! <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he he that just goes to show you how how good an actor he is. Like you said, um, he's 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 been in. People have been eyeing him to play some kind of role like that for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I wasn't too surprised to see him get cast as Bruce Wayne for this show. I do think it's cool that they did not have him darken his hair at all. Yeah, so he's still very ginger-esque. Yeah, um, I, I, I think that's that's very cool because that's not that's not really a version of Batman you ever see. I think the closest we've gotten to that style batman and I'm, I'm not i'm not saying it for for goofiness or anything just demeanor like stature and what have you is adam west mm-hmm. you know? or, or maybe the um crisis on infinite earth version that actually had um uh oh, it's late i can't think of his name and he's literally the voice kevin conroy right yeah 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 absolutely i i, I need to I need to watch Titans. Yeah, yeah you know, Titans do. is good, man. <laughs> yeah, you do. It really makes you have appreciation for these characters like Hawk and Dove. And, um, I mean, Nightwing is fantastic. And Starfire is a character that you start oh off and you're like, God, dude. I don't know if I'm going to like her and all that. And then oh. just she grows on you. I fucking liked her from the word go. I liked her from the word go. I mean, first and foremost, Anna Diop is fucking gorgeous. Like she is, she as- she is absolutely gorgeous. Her costume in the first season does her zero favors. You know, well, it's one of those things where you look at it. There, there were these dolls that, uh, that kids had called Lala Loopsies. If you ever see them with the button eyes, they're really creepy. She looked like that to me, and I'm like, I can't, I can't. And yeah. then, and then season two comes around, and you're like, Oh, good, they're letting her not look like that. Fantastic. <laughs> well, I mean, they did, they did play it into the story. I mean, the reason why she was kind of done up the way she was was because yes. of where she was when everything went down so it and does what she make was sense. trying to do yeah yeah it made perfect sense uh and the fact that they got away from that and started to get into more of a, a you know, more relaxed and modern look for her going into season two and then with season three game over game over man like phew. the like, cool thing about it leo too is that starfire has a reason for being here and being where she is and she has a driving force and they play into that and everything dovetails and all the characters have these little sort of things and then it's like oh well we have beast boy well where's beast boy guess what we have this other show called doom patrol what yeah so which actually is starting up um in just a few weeks on hbo max for the next season outstanding yeah which i'm i'm very excited about because uh that that got cut off because of covid so they weren't able to show the they weren't able to finish the season finale so it ended in a very strange spot which i mean strange but um it it felt a little soft as an ending and that that you know the reason why is because they they just couldn't finish it uh so they're going to start off with that ending and then go right into what the story is going to be for the the whole season very cool yeah i i know this veers off but did you see the video of brendan freezer uh that went viral with him crying 
love Brendan Fraser. Love yeah, him. same here. I, I don't even know how to qualify like the the amount of entertainment that I've gotten from that man. You know, from school ties and you know, Encino Man, Blast from the yeah, Past. Encino Man, yes. Yeah, so you know, I'm sorry. Who are you guys talking about again? Brendan Fraser, uh, America's uh, sweetheart. Okay, all right. Thank you, Justin. Thank uh, you very much. No, Justin said it right. That's that's my only gripe. Yeah, because most people say Fraser. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fucking. Uh, yeah, it's Fraser. And like I wouldn't mind so much, except the poor guy fucking made a point to say it correctly on a Comedy Central bump that played for an entire fucking year yep. when he was a guest on The Daily Show. And he was just like, you know, hey, blah, 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 you're watching Comedy Central. And I'm Brendan Fraser. You know, get it right or I'll fucking kill you or some shit like that. And I was like, oh. That was a, that was a Craig Kilborn episode, too. Yes, it was. Yeah. I, that's, I was that's how far back I'm going, yeah. guys. <laughs> I, I went to see those episodes. I was on um, in the audience for the episode with Leah Thompson and another one with Charles Osgood. So back in 96 or 97. So, oh, wow. Very cool. Yeah, I got it, my picture taken with uh, Craig and I, I don't think Craig is taking pictures with anybody else anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He just—he's been dubbed very difficult to work with after old school. So, uh, yeah. Um, funny uh, enough, you say Leah Thompson, and uh, she actually just directed the most recent episode of, episode of Star Girl for the CW. Oh, no uh, kidding! Yeah, which is uh, which is very mired uh, in the idea of the Justice Society of America, uh, and you know, with what we're talking about, Golden Age heroes and what have you. It's 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 just interesting to see. Um, how we're talking about uh, this character who's been around since the 30s and uh, watching a, a, a new modern take on a lot of those same characters from the same era uh, being being made more accessible for a modern audience. And the fact that they're not even adults, but they're kids trying to fill those roles. Um, it's just, it, it shows you like the idea of legacy playing out across all these different mediums. And Batman uh, sort of, came in and adopted that idea um, from a, a number of places uh, when you combine probably some of the ideas from like the Phantom as well as the Lone Ranger. And uh, eventually we saw the same thing play out for the Green Hornet a little later on for the television series um, and what have you. But, you know, with, with Batman and Robin, there was no need for the the passing on of a mantle or anything because of the the the, the sidekick uh, partnership, and how this brightly clad kid just showed up and became the stalwart companion to this this caped crusader, this Dark Knight avenging detective. You know, to to see like on the face of it, you'd be like, that is that is preposterous. <laughs> There's no way that should work. And here we are, decades later, <laughs> still talking about how they are the the ultimate dynamic duo. You know, it's it, it's just interesting to see. Like, you know, one thing leads to another. I mean, it seems like you you know we were saying like, oh, we don't want to go off on a tangent here, and I don't I don't want to I don't want to get away from the subject. But when you think about it, like everything that we just kind of talked about comes from the same ideas that we were covering with Batman and the not just Batman, but the idea of superhero comics in the thirties and early forties, mm -hmm. so, you know, it, it, just everything old is new again. And I mean that in like the nicest way, you know, to, to see stuff boomeranging around 
and talking about Batman number one and several stories contained within, like it compares pretty well with what we're still seeing these characters do nowadays. And that's that's heartening in one sense and a little disheartening in another because how often do they end up having to spin the wheels because they've been telling a lot of the same stuff? You know, so sometimes, yeah, I think I think looking back and in, in, in being retrospective about some of this, it, it kind of highlights not just what we love about the character, but like we've said several times, like what really works and what really didn't. And, and then the fun part is what shouldn't. Yeah. But does. That make sense to you guys? It does. Yeah. Because if, if you think about it, why they added Robin right is because they wanted to get kids in there they wanted to get kids interested in this character they wanted to get kids buying the books and all that how it impacts everything because we we look at it now and we're like well who is this jerk that would endanger this child and all that that wasn't the point the whole point was to brighten up the character so he wasn't like looking like he was just killing a bunch of people and all that and it's like he's got like a dark visage but he's got this contrast of this character robin who's going to be like the plucky boy sidekick who is going to bring young readers who will envision themselves as robin and then when you get to the 60s and we have burt ward taking on that you know i i would imagine being robin there with batman because i'm a kid batman's an adult so you know absolutely and um to to your point what shouldn't work it shouldn't work to have a 12 year old kid fighting crime and you know stopping bullets and stuff like that with uh, the joker and all that that should not work it is the most reckless and criminal thing in this book but it does work you know it's <laughs> i i was reading a panel today uh in a batman community and uh it was taken from one of the animated shows uh, and it's uh, like to just, I, I think it's Wonder Woman talking to Batman saying, uh, you know, you, you're taking this kid, um, you know, under your wings, help him find, uh, uh, you know, his parents that, you know, the people that killed his parents uh, and what, so that, you know, you, you can raise them like you or uh, make them turn into you. And he responds, I did it so he won't turn into me. Yeah. Yeah. I was that from I feel like that's from the Superman comic like uh, the might be, I don't know it might have been from the the man who had everything it, no it, it definitely looked like it was an animated panel oh it was animated okay so yeah yeah so I I, I think it was must have been like uh, Justice League or I mean it still could have been the episode for the man who has everything yeah, yeah the the Black Mercy and all that so yeah 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 uh, I I always I always got a kick out of it might have been. Jeez, it might have been Frank Miller or something, but like, Do we even have to discuss that. Ugh. No, just just the idea of like I, I believe it was a Frank Miller story where, where it was just like, yeah, why do you think I why do you think I had a kid wear brightly colored clothes and fucking jump all around me <laughs> so he, they would fucking aim at him? <laughs> like I'm like, dude, that is that is so fucked up. It yep. makes a lot of sense, but it's so fucked up. <laughs> I think I think. To some aspect, if we ever get to talk about like All Star Batman and Robin, you have to probably examine the mental health and state at the time of Frank Miller because I, I don't know if he would ever apologize for anything that he wrote, but I feel like he was on acid at the time because it looks great because you have like Jim Lee and you know I I criticize Jim Lee when his art gets lazy because his stuff is so detailed and all that, and then sometimes you see it and it's like. Did you copy this from the lunchbox that you did? 
you know, it's like 12 years ago. I'm like, you know, it's a beautiful looking book, but it is like the writing is so not even just bad. It's just wrong. Like a lot of it. And you're like, no, no, Batman is not having sex with an underage black canary while a dock explodes. Sorry, not no, happening. Not with that attitude. I'm like, Batman did not just call Robin a retard. Like, whoa, no. that really? happened. That happened, dude. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. So the one thing that I did like that he did is that he um, actually taunted um, Green Lantern by painting an entire like room yellow and drinking lemonade and stuff. And I'm like, all right, that might happen. So him <laughs> and Hal, him and Hal early that. on had their issues. If you ever read a uh, rebirth, um, not, not the rebirth, the rebirth uh, book, a uh, green lantern, you know, um, Hal Jordan actually punches uh, Batman right in the face. Nice. <laughs> it's kind of, it. it's kind of crazy. I like it. Yeah. But I'm, I'm being serious. Like he says all that and does all that. And you're just like, who is this character that is just not my Batman? Yeah. Frank Miller went through a, a really, really weird phase there, uh, at, you know, for the first like five to eight years of this century. Um, I, I don't, I, I don't know what the fuck was going on there. I mean, I, I don't know if there was mental health issues or personal crises, whatever, but yeah, there was some there was some strange choices made. Um, this was I, definitely before Sin City, the movie came out. Yes, most assuredly. Mm-hmm. Um, I I only read like two issues of All Star Batman, and then I was like, yeah, I think I'm out because uh, I just didn't care for it, which was hugely disappointing. Because I mean, it was Frank Miller, you know. I I thought I was gonna get a, a dope ass Batman story, and well, I certainly got a Batman story, and um, you know. It, it, that and the Dark Knight Strikes Back. Oh God, I. It's it's funny. I liked some aspects of that, but what what I really liked about that were all the characters, like the tertiary and secondary characters and stuff like that. I'm like, oh cool. Like let's let's see more of that. You know, like yeah, but that's what I liked about it too. But unfortunately, the the bulk of the story was not like that. that. Was weird. It was a little it, weird. Yeah, more than a little. You know, and it. it, it I don't know. It, it was just. There was some bloat and some character design was on point. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, but the the editorial process was. I mean, if it was there, it was it was minimal because they. I think they themselves were like, "Oh, it's Frank. You know, we'll just let Frank do his thing." And uh, no, don't ever let Frank do his fucking thing ever again. That's how we end up with two Xerxes books. Yeah, that that's the reason. <laughs> that's the reason why his Superman year one, which was good, but his Superman year one was him being partnered with John Romita Jr. Because they're like, yeah, yeah, sh- sure thing, Frank, you do it. Hey, go go fucking draw his shit and keep an eye on this. <laughs> like, you know, they weren't taking any goddamn chances anymore. You know? He put so many detail lines in there, you can't even see the words. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, it's Lois Lane. How many lines do you want on her face? Um, none. She's not old. Okay, so I'm hearing, I'm hearing twenty. What? <laughs> no, no, John Ramita Jr. Um, just none. She's not old. Eh, just a couple by the mouth? No, no. It's like, stop making her look old. I'm, I'm gonna do a couple by the mouth. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, oh yeah, look, it's Mary Jane. No, that's not Mary Jane. That's Aunt May. Ah, same difference. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, and yes, I do have a grudge because I read X Men in the friggin' eighties. <laughs> you owe me, <laughs> Mister Romina Junior. Unbelievable. 
so uh, the last story was the Joker Returns. Uh, featured characters are Batman and Robin. Uh, supporting characters, Gotham City Police Department and James Gordon. Antagonist is the Joker. And uh, other characters are Chalmers and Edgar Martin. Skinner! <laughs> Super Nintendo Chalmers? <laughs> Is the uh, Aurora Borealis in this one? That's all I want to know. <laughs> uh, it takes place in Gotham City and Gotham City Police Headquarters and uh, also includes the Joker Venom. Uh, and uh, yeah, so uh, we we think Joker dies in this one, hmm. but apparently he lives at the end. I think oh, do you this- mean the Harlequin of Hate? <laughs> yeah. I love that. And he's again beating the hell out of Batman, this time with like a giant, uh, like a halberd axe or something that he pulls off of like a suit of armor or something. Yeah, this dude's bonkers. Yeah. They, uh, they do um, reference this one as well, I believe, in the uh, the two the three Joker story. Like the original Joker they, they talk about with uh, this story, I think. Yeah, it's uh well that one you you really it's really uh not ominous but um slate I can't think of a word. I I got to reread three jokers. And, yeah, uh, has that been discussed yet on um on splash pages Leo? It has. Um, it has. Okay. But right. we we can certainly, you know Oh, it has. How about this? Fuck that shit. We're still talking about it here. <laughs> I no, I was just curious because I saw that he had he had the collection in there. So I was like <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, we can definitely, you know, bring it up here. Uh, you know, we can we can cover it in an issue, uh, in an issue, in an episode. Um, you know, it's different takes. You know, different people talking about it. You know, and uh, maybe we'll we'll uh, you got to revisit the killer whale. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, what was his name? Uh, Laffy or something like that. The little imp that was oh, yeah, yeah. eaten by the shark. <laughs> and how uh, uh, Dick just goes crazy uh, and uh, just uh, kills Joker. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, Jason. Oh, yeah. Jason, Jason. Another reason to like him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I really try hard to like Jason Todd. I just um, I never connected with Red Hood. And to me, he's just like the Punisher, and I don't dig the Punisher. I just don't get it. I think there's a better way, and I think that superheroes should show us a better way. And these anti-heroes, sometimes they do it, sometimes they don't. And um, Red Hood, for me, is like, I'm like, all right, he's a good background character, but I just don't love him. I agree with everything you just said. <laughs> 100% everything. I I don't get the anti-hero punisher overly violent you know no mercy thing don't there's, get it there's room there's room for that type of character like as we saw going back to the tick you know with uh was it overkill was his name with the boat yep great freaking character and then it's like oh i can't kill anymore yeah <laughs> it's like he has to go through and then he's dating arthur's sister Dottie. you know it's yeah that that's a great story that they did where they took this archetype and they and they made it into something better. Yeah, they turned it on its ear. They 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 subverted expectations. That's you know that's when subversion is done correctly. You know, let the subversions yeah. begin. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I mean, that character Overkill in the Tick is is clearly a pastiche of of those types of characters. You know, the Punisher and and Deathstroke probably. Yeah, right? those th- that ilk exactly. Um, and 
uh, you know, like those characters have their place, like you said. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I just don't gravitate towards them. I, they're regular adventures, if, if you'd like to call them those. I probably more like misadventures. Um, the that that kind of vigilantism that's not so far removed from the type of crazed irresponsibility we can see in our own world, mm-hmm. especially when you think about Frank Castle. Um, and I mean, the the thing is, what the character stands for. I get, I, I completely understand. Like, you know, he is, he is basically there to say like, I'm the one who watches the watchmen, you know, mm-hmm. I, I can dig on that. Um, but that doesn't mean that I want to see like what he's doing constantly in <laughs> what I have read in the past, like Punisher war journal, shit like that. Like it's always just fucking like gross seedy shit. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm good, man. I, 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 yeah, it's just not for me. Yeah. I, no, and I to each their own. I I understand. You know, some people they 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 sweat the character, and that's that's fine. Do your thing. Just I hope that when you think about it, and you think about why you like the character, that you you're really thinking about what the character stands for, insofar as like how it's been presented. The characterization matters because if you're just looking at the fact that this dude like gears up, goes out and kills people that he doesn't like. Uh, that's a fucking problem because that's not what the Punisher does. You yeah, know? It, exactly. And that's not what you know. And 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 that's something that it, it goes all the way back. That's part of the DNA of these characters. That's why we call them antiheroes. And you know, you go all the way back to Batman, like we're talking about, and that's still the same thing. Like he is, he is not just like doing this because he needs to go out and fuck some shit up. He doesn't just like want to go out and hurt people slash kill people or whatever. He has a very specific reason, which ultimately is a good reason. He wants to help people. He wants to. He wants to make sure that they're safe. You know, when you break down the Punisher's reasoning, it, it, it's based on the the same bones. There, you know, he 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 wants everybody to be safe, but he understands that he's going to have to like do some unsavory things to make sure that that gets done. Things it's a, will- it's a clear psychosis too, because it's like oh, he, yeah. he has like an itch that he has to, you know. It's it's very like uh, Travis Bickle and yeah, very much, yeah. It's 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 a compulsion almost, and um, you know, whereas at least with Batman, we we see it's it's more PTSD probably, like affected. Um, whereas Frank, it's PTSD, but with probably a little bit more, like you said, psychosis involved yeah. underneath and. Uh, you know, full on, full on nervous breakdown after losing his family. I'm sure did not help. So there's a lot of there's a lot of issues involved with that. Whereas, like, I know we're still talking about like a guy who fucking gears up with guns to take out authorities that you know are less than you know trustworthy, uh, and a dude who decided to dress up as a bat and jump around on rooftops, but. At least the guy who who dresses up like a bat has a very strict moral code. And and I would be remiss not to mention that when they fought, um, it was drawn by uh, John Romita Jr. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to look that up too because I was thinking I'm like, did Frank Miller write that? I'm like, no, it was Chuck Dixon, who was actually probably, if not my favorite, like up there in my top three favorite Batman writers of all time. My God. Uh, the ending here uh, with Joker after Batman sidesteps and Joker stabs himself. Peel after peel of wild hysterical laughter comes from his gaping mouth. 
Ha ha ha. The Joker is going to die. Ha ha. The laughs on the Joker. Ha ha ha. Clown laugh. Ha ha ha. Clown laugh. What the fuck? You notice there's no blood, too. No. And and I'm sure that that's intentional, that they they wouldn't show it, unless they're counting that as blood, which looks like shadow. Well, I mean, you got to keep in mind, there was no comic code at this Mm -hmm. point in time. So if they wanted to put blood in there, they they could have. Uh, and then the final panel is uh, Golden Rules for Robin's Regulars. <laughs> Robin's code is readiness, obedience, brotherhood, industriousness, and nationalism. Thank you very yeah, much. That's <laughs> not great. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for helping the old man cross the street. I'd like to repay you for it. Oh, no, sir. I couldn't take anything. You see, I'm a member of Robin's Regulars. Our first motto is always be helpful to those who need help. Why well, not? good thing he told us that because I didn't get the handbook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Nationalism. That's that's fucking frightening. That is not good. <laughs> that's what I get for for following Akita. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <Yeah. laughs> A little Boy Scout joke there for you. Oh, but, no, I got it. <laughs> I figured you would. So. <laughs> I got it. This is this is very on par with kind of like your I was gonna say Hitler Youth, but it's not. It's a uh, you know very on par with like your Boy Scouts and all that. You know, um, oh yeah, with, with everything that they have. Uh, this is doing a good turn daily for Christ's sake. That's, yeah, your golden that's, rule. Yeah, I used to have a goddamn coin for this for Boy Scouts. Well, no was, button or badge is needed. The world no, will recognize your golden no, axe no, without no, them. No. <laughs> I would the the Boy Scout coin was you would keep it in your left pocket, and it would, it's a coin about this big. And the scoutmaster would come and dig for one, it. One one side <laughs> one side said do a good turn daily. Oh, good with the with the fleur de lis, and the other side um, was like the fleur de lis with with an eagle. Um, and what you did was when when you find when you did a good turn. You know, for the day when you did a good deed, you would take the coin from your left pocket and put it in your right pocket. Oh, uh, that's so cool. it was it was a physical reminder that you should do something nice for somebody uh, at least once a day. Uh, and uh, I carried that coin in my pocket for many years, <laughs> and I always managed to put it in my right pocket every day. Um, yeah, my was dad. it in the vest of many pockets, or was it just in the pants? <laughs> just so you the thought pants. I wasn't paying attention. Just the pants. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, don't don't forget be a robin regular by being regular eat so fiber. lots of fiber <laughs> what, what? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> it did say that yeah robin <laughs> brand flakes <laughs> perfo robin brand mm. <laughs> yum Readiness, obedience, brotherhood, industriousness, and nationalism. Well, we were going to say patriotism, but they wouldn't <laughs> let us rename the character Robert. <laughs> Robert. He's, yeah, he looks like Mario in a frog suit. <laughs> <laughs> Robert. <laughs> or Pip. What, what are your powers? Hey, I can jump really high. <laughs> wow! <laughs> oh, That's good. Yeah. So, what what did you guys think of the uh, the first uh, version of Batman versus like the comic versus Detective? I think there's more uh, recognizable elements in Batman versus Detective 
comics number 27 yeah it it looks better it reads better you know um it, it it's 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 more readable than than the other one i i like this one a lot better yeah i i, I can agree um uh, Bob Kane just had a real fucking hard on for the color red, though, huh? Like, he yeah, just, what is going on? Like, there's so much red in every single one of these these uh, issues, and the fact that they actually make uh, the Batman name, like the the logo, what have you, red in like so many of these too. Uh, it, it, I don't know. It's just like all I can think of is the original design for the character of Batman. Where he's just got the oh red. yeah the yellow and red where he looks yeah. like he looks like a Flash Gordon yeah with fucking bat wings yeah it's fucking ridiculous maybe that had something to do with the coloring that they were they had available at the time yeah I was gonna say that or or the way things were printed uh, I, I it was uh, so I'm we're looking at here a Bigsby copy and of the original yeah. that's the copy I read <laughs> yeah I actually read that Bigsby and Butts. <laughs> as well it's not good <laughs> does he end up eating a dagwood <laughs> uh, it's, it's like... so bad dude like uh, it, it's like they wanted to combine like like several different things into the comics it was like lil abner and and like beetle bailey it's just like fucking it's it, it, like i felt like i was i was getting a, a, a touch of like no time for sergeants gomer pile and as well <laughs> You know, little Larry Storch action. <laughs> Shazam, Shazam, wow. Shazam. I am so grateful to look at this and see that they've remastered this so we could read it because this is like looking at the original. That is a hard read. It, and right. I thought like I thought that looking at it on Comixology and zooming into it, it was hard to see. Dude, it's that's just... how that's this is how I read this fucking comic book. <laughs> like, fuck you guys. <laughs> is that is that is Bob, Bob... Kane. Yeah, uh, meet Bob Kane, creator of the Batman. Yes. Why is there blood on this page? No, <laughs> oh, oh, geez. Oh, that's that's where he tricked Bill Finger into signing it. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is followed by a circle of salt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, look at. Okay, so you've got there. Is that um? Is that Adam Strange or is that Captain? Oh, that's Ultraman. the thing. I saw that earlier, and I was like, uh, it says Ultraman, but that looks like Adam Strange to me. You guys want to talk about a letdown book? I've got another. I've got another issue of that that just came out, and I was looking to read Strange Adventures, which is basically a story where Batman outsources, you know, an investigation to Mister Terrific to kind of investigate Adam Strange. And, and I'm like, all right, let me get on this because Mr. Miracle was really good by Tom King and Mitch Geraldus. And I'm oh, like, no, right. oh, yeah, I haven't re- – I've only, I've only read like the first issue. I've just been waiting for it to finish. Yeah, it, well, that, that's my point. I'm just like collecting these things and I'm just like – I'm like, all right, I, I'll get to it. I'll get to it, you know. Yeah, I'm just waiting for it to be done because I loved Mr. Miracle. That was awesome. Yeah, and, uh, oh, it's great. Yeah, when it comes to this, though, I was like, yeah, I'll, all right, just finish it up and then I'll read it. Fantastic <laughs> facts. Wow. Was was this uh, Wimpy? It looks like him. It looks like oh, that's the, or is that Little Lulu? Uh, Ginger Snap. Oh, so it's it's a ripoff of Little Lulu and Wimpy. Yep. Wow. And Zartan's on the other page. <laughs> I will get you, G.I. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Ginger snap. Kangaroos, although they grow to a height of eight feet, are only one inch long at birth. It's true. The pouch that they crawl in is only about this deep at first. And they're good for eating. 
It's a little chewy, but it's not bad. Actually, I've had them. I've had it uh, in jerky. It's not bad. Yeah, I'm a monster. What do you want? Yes, yes, you are. <laughs> Jack Dempsey's left hook traveled at a terrific speed of 135 miles per hour. Joe Lewis ranks next at 127 miles per hour. Who's Joe Lewis? <laughs> you see that right above? Yeah. <laughs> Who's Joe Lewis? Don't worry. You'll fucking find out. <laughs> yeah, you, you might. <laughs> Down goes Frazier. Down goes <laughs> Frazier. <laughs> Who's Frazier? Yeah. It's, Don't it's you cool having worry. these little things in here, too. A tribe of Mexican Indians blow into a friend's ear to uh, as a form of greeting. I um, I don't think that someone should do that to me. No. So, <laughs> oh, you don't like then, it when, then they'll find like out. When, you don't oh, like I, it when strangers blow you. They're gonna find out my left hook travels slightly faster than Joe Lewis's. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, and uh, one one Indian saying, uh, "Well, blow me down." Well, blow me down. Uh, in Morocco, the firing of a pistol is considered a warm welcome. Oh, good. <laughs> wow, this place is such such a welcoming welcoming location. Welcome everyone to my community. Shoot- <laughs> everyone started shooting right at me the second I walked in. Welcome to my humble home. <laughs> <laughs> it's my uh, Morocco mole, guys. Any sequence roll fans? Rick, you've got to help me, Rick. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> greetings and salutations in Egypt. They say, "How are you sweating?" Instead of, "How is your health?" I could deal with that. Yeah. I'm a little oniony right now, but thanks for asking. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm Polish, so I'm always oniony. <laughs> <laughs> I am filled with pierogi, so pretty much it's cabbage, onion, and potatoes. I'm filled with pierogi, so it's, it's good. It's good. <laughs> oh, that looks a lot better on the back cover. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, I could see. Okay, I could see why someone would cut that out and frame it here. And his face actually looks better there too. The the Robin Jason Todd face. Yeah, I mean, I got it. I got it right up in front of me right now. It, it's actually it's still very much that Jason Todd face. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No no doubt. Like I I fully see that, and no one's gonna convince me otherwise. And the hair too, because like this Robin right here has like that wild mm-hmm. shock of hair that Jason Todd has, which is actually cool. I like how that's a a, a bit of a differentiation. Between the 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 Brenton Thwaites um, Robin from earlier on in Titans versus mm-hmm. uh, that kid, I can't remember his real name. It's like Curran something, Curran Wal- Waters, Curran Walters, or something, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, but, I don't know his name. <laughs> but um, the fact that when Dick was Robin, like his hair was, you know, like you know, just kind of parted down the middle, like no, not a big deal, whatever. But uh, Jason Todd the whole time is just hair is just. Just blown up all over the place, constantly, like as wild as as he is, and uh, I I really thought that was a it was a nice touch because I mean there's clearly like fucking two fucking pounds of moose in that shit. No, guys, I'm not the world's greatest detective, but it looks like this is the same handwriting at the bottom for both Batman and Robin. Um, it looks like someone trying to do something like hmm, this is how a twelve year old would use cursive. <laughs> hmm. I think you may be right. Double for me, Robin. Double bigger, better. That's a hell of a signature, though, for Batman. I'm like, who is this? Howard Hughes? Batman. Ha <laughs> ha Yours for bigger and better thrills. And that goes double for me. Oh man, this goes back. <laughs> that sounds vaguely dirty. <laughs> can, uh, can I say though? I actually really. 
I actually really dig how the the utility belt is blue, but then the buckle and the the different pellets on it are yellow. I'm yeah. with you. Yeah, that's that's something you definitely do not see often. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm I'm digging it. I I kind of wish that was uh that was still a thing. I have this Batman on like a little display. I think it was like a KB Toys had like a like a 50th year Batman or something like that, and it was like this design, and he's like suspended, and there's uh, Batman and Robin like the number one comic, and I have that. Um, it, it's kind of a cool little diorama that they came out with, and it's that exact costume. It's pretty slick. Oh, that's cool, man. I like I said, I I dig it. Yeah. I I mean, I kind of wish that they they kept that look and. I kind of wish that even as far back as as this goddamn comic that they had they had given Robin pants. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's one of those things. It's like they could have fixed that from the start. Yeah, like even cargo have... shorts. I mean, really, they have pockets. I mean, for Christ's sake, Bob, there was your chance to put more red in the fucking comic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, red pants, right? Then wear fucking red pants. You're done. I heard he was buried in a red suit. <laughs> And when did the cape turn yellow? Because I'm only now. It was realizing. green in the in the beginning. It looked like it looked like it was green. Yeah, well, I mean, it that that like that poster that we were looking at, it, 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 the cape was green. Yeah, that's uh, that's different. Uh, it kind of makes them look a little more Christmassy. <laughs> maybe they were trying to get away from that aspect. I don't know, or maybe green was too difficult. Because in the in the version i looked at with like all the monster men and all that they were your classic like purple and green colors but when you look at it in the version you guys are looking at they clearly looked red mm. so maybe maybe it's something having to do with the colors and the reproduction and all that That's... and they probably changed stuff when they updated this yeah i mean honestly i wouldn't be surprised too if uh, especially like bill finger was looking at it and uh probably was like yeah you know Maybe it makes more sense to have the color break up a little bit more, especially because the symbol for the character is yellow, but yep. really nothing else is except this belt buckle. You know, so it, there's probably something to to that too. Like looking at it later on, kind of tweaking it. But I mean, I don't. I'm not. I'm actually mad at the at the green cape. I'm I'm really not. Like it's a it's a psychological thing too with the primary colors where you have like a character like Superman who is mostly blue and red, right? And that's a primary color that sticks out. Think of your major sports teams, right? Like um, Boston Red Sox, the New England Patriots, the New York Giants, you know, uh, the Cubs. They all have those sort of primary colors that pop on them. That's that's psychology. That's psychology of sales because it sticks out in your mind as opposed to like an orange or a purple and all that. Those don't stick out as much. Um, and our eyes are trained to see these primary colors like your red and yellow. Those are those are the main cones that develop first in your eye. So your eye is always going to go to those first because it knows them the best. So it's it's kind of a psychological trick. And um, that's why you see characters like the X-Men when they first came out, they were they were yellow, you know, and then that eventually changed and all that. But like Magneto was purple and red because he was he was representing the bad guy who was like that purple color scheme and green color scheme. So whereas Robin here, you know, um, the yellow would have been perfect, perfectly intentional. But, um, you know, the green was kind of the thing that's like, oh, wow, that's weird. I could have even seen him having um, yellow boots and yellow gloves, but maybe it was just too much. Yeah. So I, I was actually thinking, like, you know, you could you could actually keep the green trunks um, and have him have red pants and then do yellow gloves with. Uh, yellow cape, yellow boots. 
I, I love the one, the version where he used his costume from Batman Forever. I thought that was the coolest thing where it's like, oh, yeah, this is my uh, my acrobat costume. I'm like, well, perfect. It makes total sense that you would do sort of an homage to that. I'm like, that's like there's no reason to dig any deeper. Good. Yeah. You got it. You know, now, if you could just get rid of Chris O'Donnell, I would have been happy. <laughs> I don't uh, like Chris guys. No shit, you don't say. I, I, I never would have guessed. Yeah. <laughs> With a reaction like that, as as cool, common, collected as it was. Yeah. <laughs> a great guy. He really seems to care about what. I have no idea. Uh, I know it is running late, so we'll wrap things up. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think this was a great coverage for Batman number one. And, uh, you know, so uh, next uh, week we will do uh, another Paradox and uh, and then we'll figure out what to do with, uh, with Batman. Well, not next week because, uh, Justin, you, uh, you have stuff you got going on. <laughs> you have things. You have- <laughs> I have adult things. Oh, excuse me for having a life, guys. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's fine. I've got to get to the bat cave, we chum. excuse you. You're allowed. Everybody gets one. Tell him, Peter. <laughs> yeah, apparently, everybody gets one. <laughs> uh, well, on that note, uh, Justin, where do you like people interacting with you? You can interact with me in several different places. You can find me making funny comments and gestures in Powers Combined on Facebook. You can also find me moderating in the Dorkening group on Facebook. I am also Justin Cooper on Facebook. And um, I want to say Jay Booster on um, on uh, Instagram. I'm not really sure. So something Booster Gold themed. But, um, <laughs> you know, feel free to check out my other podcast, Geek Life HQ and uh, epic tales from the sewers awesome powerful brandon all right uh real quick uh justin's uh handle on instagram is j booster gold there it is all right <laughs> I, I wanted to do that last time too and i i completely crapped out on it but for me uh you can you can come along and join me at the aforementioned powers combined facebook group uh, a lot of a lot of fun over there. Just a bunch of dorks and geeks uh, sharing information and memes. Good times to be had by all. Uh, one rule, our number one rule is don't be a jerk. You will get kicked out if you violate it immediately. Uh, and then you can follow me on Twitter at Brandon's Powers and Instagram at this Brandon has powers. I'm on the Dorkening uh, Network podcast every Wednesday. And uh, you can find me with these fine fellows every couple of weeks here on The Dork Night, as well as on Comics Paradox uh, bi-weekly as well, also with these two dorks. So uh, I look forward to you uh, reaching out and uh, saying hi. Awesome. Uh, and for me, you know, I'm just a monkey behind the keyboard. So just, uh, you know, Google Leo Pond, you'll find a bunch of stuff. But more importantly, follow these awesome people. And uh, I run a little thing called the Dorkening Podcast Network, about 40 shows on a network, and a lot of awesome people doing a lot of awesome stuff. And uh, with that, I'll catch you guys later. Bye. Adios. Adios.